0: now on this invest talk podcast steve peasley listens to your questions
1: hi steve or justin this is marcy from idaho again krv and i have it on my watch list and i'm curious what you guys think of that particular etf
0: and provides unbiased answers they're just trading hoping
2: for higher prices for the the trades they make therefore you have no earnings you have no you know, say you know You have no sales, you don't make any kind of products, nothing in the ETF does it. Conceptually, I just don't care for the idea.
0: InvestDog. Over 32 million downloads and counting.
2: Okay, next up, we're going to talk to Daniel Palo Alto. Daniel. Um,
0: I'm a regular listener. I just had a quick question about a stock equity growth technology called DataDog. Your participation makes it unique.
3: 888
0: 99 chart.
4: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Invest Talk. It is Monday, June 14th, 2021. And on today's program and podcast. We will operate with the very same mission statement we do every day, independent thinking, shared success. So I, I state that to make sure you understand we are going to, we promise, Justin and I promise to provide accurate information, to to provide you information we use ourselves, that we actually, you know, make decisions based on. So I share that information with you. Uh, and our stock comments, our market comments, economic, economy comments, we use all that information to make our own decisions for ourselves and our clients. And we are willing to share it. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today for Justin Klein. while well, he enjoys a few de- vacation days off this week. So I encourage you to give me a call. Your finance and investment questions are welcome. Anything financial is welcome. And when you do... You get to shape the show. You get to take it any direction you want to, as long as it's financial. So, in fact, you can interact with me right now live. Where we always are live 45 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Or you can leave questions on our anytime list online number if you want. We call it the Invest Talk Voice Bank. The number, the number never changes 888 99 chart. So, let's get right to the first caller. Oh, we have a live call right away. So let me let me go to, let me go to that VIP North VIP in Northern California.
5: Hey, Steve, uh, hope all is well. Um, I'm calling about the stock Paysafe, which is a digital payment solution company, um, huh? and they're similar to PayPal. And uh, they were oriz- originally a spec called BFT, which I believe Bill Foley was heading. And um, after the SPAC merged, their share prices dropped from around 17 to 18 to like almost under $12 right now. And um, I was wondering if you think right now is a good time to purchase Paysafe. Once again, the ticker is PSFE.
2: Okay, this is Paysafe Limited, everybody. They're out of the United Kingdom. So they're a UK-based provider of payment processing, digital wallet, and online cash solutions. It's a fairly new company, a new IPO. Came out in December. Well, not even December, let me look at it a little closer. Uh, yeah, it came in uh, actually in October as an IPO, uh, and that was right around $10 a share. And it came down and tested that $10 shares not that long ago, now today it's 11 oh, 1165. so what? So that's not unusual, right? Remember I told everybody here that after six months of a company being in business, usually the stock goes down. It Very often an IPO would trade below the IPO price. Six months after, because the insiders get to sell, and everybody knows they're going to sell, so everybody else sells before they do. So it kind of is pressure on the downside. So the question you're asking, which is valid, is, is, it, un, is it done with its sell-off? Because it got up to close to $20 a share. They're going to make $0.17 cents next year after making $0.04 cents a share this year, and you know, it's an $8.4 billion company, and last quarter they did three, almost $400 million in sales. So it looks like they're ramping up their, their, their sales and profits. So it's still a pretty high risk here, but it's a good entry point if you wanted to enter this particular stock. But just know that it's high risk because it's so new, not because of its technology or anything like that, just because it's so new. You know, it's a high risk. As long as it keeps up that growth pace, it will go higher. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, my focus point today concerns the story. Another mall owner has filed for bankruptcy protection. We'll talk about that. The COVID-19 pandemic has really created significant challenges for the owner of shopping centers all across the country. And not just, you know, in Chicago, Washington, everywhere. Everywhere you can think of. You know, remember, these malls are already under pressure because of Amazon. Now, more pressure from COVID-19. Not surprising that a new one files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. We'll talk about that in more detail. You know, I think that's an important thing for you to understand. My trivia question today focused on shortages, specifically the boomerang result of new car shortages new car shortage did you know that they were having shortages of vehicles and we talked about that remember we talked about chips that you know that goes into cars where it's in severe shortage short there's hardly any of them out there that there's not enough being produced and there's supply chain disruption so you can't finish your cars if you don't have the chips what else do I want to talk about today? How about J.P. Morgan? Do you hear what Di- uh, Jamie Dimon said about J.P. Morgan's cash level? Or retails, how about the economic numbers that are going to, start to come out this week? That's a pretty uh, important ones so that I think we should touch on, kind of give you a heads up on. And how come, I want to talk about the uh, CPI in housing. Do you know that housing CPI, consumer price Uh, uh, The inflation rate of housing by the CPI is only 2.2% last year for the last 12 months. I want to talk about that. What's wrong with that? What happened to the market today? Well, it was mixed. Dow was down 86. The NASDAQ was up 105. And the S&P was up 8. So you're having a market that's kind of mixed, you know, up, down, up, down, but all near its all-time highs. Okay, so the question is, can they push above that with any gusto? That's the issue. And the Federal Reserve is meeting this week, and everybody's going to be listening to see what they say. Most, They're not going to do anything. They're not going to raise rates or change their stance, but what they say about what they might do in the future and when is what everybody's listening for. When might you start tightening money supply? How might you want to do it? How might will the Fed do it? I have my opinion. They're not going to tighten money supply by raising interest rates initially. They're not. I think they're going to do it in a different way. So we'll, we'll you know, I think that I think what they're going to do is they're going to announce they're going to reduce buying in the open marketplace bonds, mortgages in particular. But they're not going to say how much. So they say, well, that's what we're thinking about doing, and that's what we're going to. Do. We'll start to do it, and that's very gently trying to. Not scare the market. That's what they're going to try to do. They manip- they try to manipulate the market all the time by what they're saying and what they do. So, we're headed into a quick break. Carl from Oceanside, right down the street from me. Hang on, Carl. You'll be next. Maybe it's my friend Carl with an S. I don't Because he, in- he moved down that area. So. But now I'm uh, I'm all warmed up and ready to-, to answer your financial investment questions. So, give me a call. 888-99-CHART.
0: The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk-alized quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART.
2: 888 Let's talk to Carl in Oceanside. How you doing, Carl? Oh, I looked at the chart A Z R E. Okay. It came down and it seems to go turn around. I'm yeah, it wondering. Does. I don't know the fundamentals. Can you tell me about that company? I even don't know what company it is. I always look at charts. Yeah, it looks like it came down sup- to support, and is starting to move back up, or trying to, in the ver- at the very least. So, see who it is. Asia a- a- Power Global Limited is an Indian-based power producer. owns and operates forty one utilities, scaled and commercial rooftop projects in India. It's, so, it's an, a company, a power company in India, growing about ten to twenty percent sales every quarter. Uh they they haven't they're, this next year they've never made money. Next year they're going to make money for the first time. 13 cents a share. It's a $23 stock. So so it's growing nicely sales and finally it's going to make a profit for the first time next year. Doesn't pay a dividend and it's kind of expensive even at $23 a share. The chart tells me it's turning around but the fundamentals are not very strong. So I don't think it's going to have a lot of a lot of gusto on the upside i don't it would be hard to, for me to believe that i get back up to fifty dollars anytime soon which was its peak you know fifty dollars last year thanks for the call carl I'll appreciate that 888-99-CHART 888 you know that one of my primary objectives here on invest talk is to answer as many questions as possible so eh, let's go ahead and slip in another question here it's, this time is from Hayward, California. Came in earlier, 888-99-CHART.
5: Yeah, this is Mike in Hayward. Uh, I had a question about Maguire Infrastructure Corporation, M-I-C. It's a good dividend paying stock before it tanked, before the pandemic, but lately uh, they sold off a big section of their business and they're gonna pay out a one-time payment to their investors. And I'm trying to figure out what that means and what's going to happen with the stock that I own after they pay that out. And, and from what I see, it looks like they actually paid out $37 a share. So I'm curious, what does that mean for each current shareholder, given the current status of that stock? Thank you. Look forward to listening to it.
2: Okay. This is a, a, a McGuire infrastructure company that provides fixed-based airport operations, gas production, and distribution in Hawaii and, and power generation. So it's a, it's a New York company. Uh, they make sixty three cents this year. They're going to make eighty seven cents a share next year. And they're they uh, are selling its Atlantic Aviation business to KKR for four point four seven billion dollars in cash and debt. And this is a three point three billion dollar company. So they've sold all, They're selling half more 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 than their their whole market cap. They sold cut their business down that much. Okay, what is it going to do? The stock is at thirty eight dollars and seventy three cents. So if they're gonna pay all that out in dividend, which is very possible they could do that if they want to. That tells me though they have nothing to reinvest it into because they you know they can't think of any better thing to do with it. Uh but they do have debt so I'm not sure how that they you know they have a significant amount of debt. I'm not sure how much of that. You'd have to get into it. Let's say they pay in the form of a dividend, 30 bucks a share. The stock price will go down $30 that day. So it's now $38, $8.73. That that's how much the stock price will go down. But immediately, whatever the next buyer, an offer of stock price is, what, the, what, 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 what will the stock price end up being? Remember, you, whenever you pay a dividend, that's immediately taken off your, your uh, um, stock price. Immediately. That day you go ex-dividend. So uh, I don't know when they're going to go ex-dividend. I don't see it on my chart that they have it scheduled, and I don't see how much it would be either. So I can't answer the specific questions that you had. Next up, a call came from Noel from Napa Valley.
5: Hi,
2: Steve. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, I can't hear you, Steve. You cannot hear me? Hello. I'm going to call back in. Okay, so apparently I can hear him, but he can't hear me. So that means you could hear him, but he couldn't hear us. I don't know why. Uh, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So J.P. Morgan, uh, James Diamond said that J.P. Morgan is sitting on $500 billion in cash. $500 billion. What's he going to do with that? This is Invest Talk and I'm Steve Peasley. So why are we here today? Well, why am I doing this podcast? Well, you know I say it almost every time I do the show. I do it because I like doing it. I enjoy doing it. And I'm hoping that you get vital information you can use okay, to help you deal with the market volatility and all the uncertainty that goes on out there. We're heading to a quick break and the Invest Talk Anytime listener line number is now open, 888-99-CHART.
0: Look at the calendar. Summer is days away. Now, maybe more than ever, you've got to optimize your portfolio investments. To do that, you'll need the right information and a planning strategy adjusted for your situation. And the InvestTalk phone lines are open now. 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4270. Let's see if we can try um, uh, Noel from Napa again. Noel, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Steve. Thank you for
5: putting up with me. That's <laughs> yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at... Uh, it came up last week uh, on Justin's uh, watch. Uh, uh, somebody called in about
0: Volvo, uh-huh. and I was looking at it, and it looks pretty interesting. It pays a, a huge dividend, uh, and uh, I know you're not... Int- and, and, of course, I wanted to talk to you because you're not a fan of auto stocks, but they are into in, a lot of industrial areas, so... I was interested in your thoughts. Well, Volvo is a good
2: solid. Volvo's bigger than people think. It's not just the Volvo cars we see. They're big in Europe and they make a ton of delivery type trucks, trucking. They're you know, that's the that's the main part of their business if I remember correctly. I don't have a lot of information on Volvo because it's not really traded on exchange. It's over the counter stock. I know that it's selling for $27 or 12 cents. It's been in an upward movement pattern for, since the beginning of the year started at 22. So it started the year at 22 is now 27. So that's a pretty good percentage move. Uh, is it going to go higher? Well, that's a tough question. I, again, you're, you're right on when I, you, you mentioned that I don't particularly care for auto stocks. Not my favorite thing. Uh, Especially the OAMs, the the uh, the product makers, you know, Ford, GM. But I don't have a problem with those companies that makes parts or systems or you know things that go into auto stock, auto companies. But I just don't like the auto companies themselves. So good luck with it. Hope it works for you. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Robert in Morgan Hill, Morgan Hills, in California. Everybody, hi, Robert.
5: Hello, Steve. I had a question about Viacom CBS I had some shares last year. I wanted to get in again, but I noticed something funny. It went really high, and then the stock price dropped a little bit. So I was wondering what was going on with that stock, that company.
2: Okay, let's take a look. That's V-I-A-C, and you're looking at the A shares. Okay. Okay, Viacom Inc. Uh, it's a global media company engaged in TV broadcast and motion picture production and publishing, and they probably got caught, you know, when Disney uh, was it? No, no, it wasn't. Uh, AT and T spun off uh, Discover to Discovery, its Time Warner unit. So I think what's happening is that whole entertainment sector is in kind of. You know, figuring out who's going to buy who and what combinations make the most sense. Okay, um, Viacom. I don't think they're owned by any other company. I think they're standalone. Um, there looks like they're going to do fine. I mean, they're going to make four dollars and two cents this year. They only made four dollars and they, they made four dollars and twenty cents last year. But four oh two this year is the estimate. Then four oh seven next year. So there's not a lot of growth. Not a lot of growth and earnings. Sales picked up on the most recent quarter, but up to 14%. But with the last couple of years, they've been hanging around, you know, mid, middle, low, single-digit growth. So uh, it's $4.07. It's a $46 stock. So you're talking about 11, 12 PE. And it's actually a fairly reasonable price. The return equity to 18%. The five-year range from P is 3 to 22. So it's kind of right there in the lower lower middle part of that. And it pays a 2.1% dividend. So, you know, it's a good, solid, huge company that's not moving very much. That's about all you can say. It was up to $101, you know, back last March, you know, before COVID. So I can see it getting back up close to the, the, you know, the $80 mark at the very least. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. Okay, my focus point today concerns the story about another mall owner has filed for bankruptcy protection. COVID-19 was, too, you know, was no friend to any of the brick-and-mortar stores out there, nobody. So could we see more of this? I think we are probably going to see it. I think we are. This owner will have, this is a Washington Prime Group is the name of the mall owner, and they have 100 shopping centers, and they've filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Remember, Chapter 11 is reorganization versus Chapter 7, which is, you know, liquidation. So they're just reorganizing. They're trying to reorganize. And the only reason you do that is because you have too much debt. And it's obviously they had a huge leverage problem, meaning they had a lot of debt. And when the mall business went down, their earnings went down, and therefore they couldn't pay their debt. They couldn't pay their mortgage. It's simple as that. They had three and a half billion dollars in debt, and assets of only four billion. You know, that's what a problem is when when you when you borrow lots of money and hard times come by. Do you have enough money to continue to pay the the bill? And that is, that's the story of many, many companies. That's why one of the main things you look at when you're looking at companies is debt. How much debt is Okay, all around us, we see reports of soaring prices for used vehicles. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What is the average age of vehicles on the road in the U.S. in years? And how many car owner households are there in the United States as of 2021? So after the break, I'll give you the answer, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call. Ask your questions. 888-99-CHART.
3: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive, K-E-R-O-N-E dot com, com. When you tell your
0: friends and family members about the free InvestTalk podcast downloads, let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com.
2: Okay, before the break, I uh, gave you a trivia question. What is the average age of vehicles on the road in the U.S.? And I mean that in years. How old? How many years have they been? How old are they in years? And how many car owner households are there in the United States as of 2021? So gone are the days when vehicles were ready to pass into the great scrapyard uh, uh, of the past. You know. The, the, the graveyard of cars used to be, you remember cars in the 50s and 60s? I remember in the 60s, late 60s, cars were junk. I mean, they they weren't lasting very long. Those days are long gone, long gone. I mean, you had 100,000 miles in your car, and you thought you'd have to get a new one pretty soon back then. So, of course, that means, this goes to show you how reliable they are these days. The average age of the vehicle on the road in the United States has topped 12 years. That's the first time, according to research by a firm called IHS Market. 12 years old is the average. Isn't that interesting? There's approximately 128 million car owner households in the nation. Remember, there's 350 million, 370 million people. 128 million car owner households. Everybody almost, because there's two people per household or so, maybe 2.5, whatever. So um, so there are about 14.5 million new cars and light trucks sold in 2020. That was the worst year in many since 2012. COVID, of course. How many cars are on the road? How many total cars are on the road registered? 289 million cars. And about and what ten years ago it was 248 million. Now it's 289. Okay, let's keep moving. So here's another question from our podcast. We go back to uh, the Talk Voice Bank for this question that came in earlier at 88899 chart.
1: Hi, Steve or Justin, this is Marcy from Idaho again, and I had a question. I was listening to another podcast I listened to, um, financial podcast, and they were talking about carbon credit ETF, uh, specifically KRVN, I believe is the one they were alluding to, and I have it on my watch list, and I'm curious what you guys think of that particular ETF. It's carbon credit ETF for I'm not sure I understand the industry, and so what I'm basically asking is, what do you think of that particular one and of that angle industry, getting into that? Anyways, thank you uh, for all you do, and I'll listen to your answer. Bye.
2: Okay, this is a KRBN, Crane Shares Global Carbon. Exchange-traded funds seeking investment results corresponding to the IHS Market Global Carbon Index. Now, we're talking about companies that put out Carbon, and, you know, they get carbon credits, certain number of credits, and then they can trade. You know, they can buy and sell because if they can't reduce their pollution enough, they can buy credits. Uh, or they, if they or get another company that doesn't produce hardly any, they can sell credits. So it's just buying and selling going on. And if this ETF, this ETF invo- invests in that buying and selling, trying to make money. Uh, you know, the, the concept to me... I don't know. It's not like they own something; they make something. It's just trading. You're trading. Uh, they're just trading, hoping for higher prices for the the trades they make. And, uh, therefore, you have no earnings. You have no you know, say, you know you have no sales. You don't make any kind of products. None of, nothing in the ETF does anything. I, I, the conceptually, I just don't care for the idea. Uh, you know, is it an asset? Yes can it make money yes because they can buy the carbon credits themselves and sell them to somebody else guess that's a product (laughs) you know i don't know anyways it's not for me i'm not interested in this kind of thing but interesting concept okay let's keep going Let's go to a talking point. I mentioned uh, uh, J.P. Morgan had $500 billion in cash. And according to Diamond, the CEO, says they're waiting to invest in higher rates. And he expects more inflation, so he expects the rates to go up. Well, the rates will probably go up. But you're sitting on $500 billion of cash. You know what that tells me? That tells me that they don't have any better place to put the money. They can't think of another better investment. That's what it tells me. So, do they think the market's overpriced and therefore they're not investing in stocks that money, or is this low low risk money they're talking about? We don't get enough details to really know what they're doing. What what really is? Later this week, we got a number of important economic numbers coming out. Tomorrow we have retail sales for May. Retail sales. I always like to know that number. I always like to know that number, X automobiles, because they're very expensive, you know. So uh, I like to see what the fundamentally is everybody doing, the, the average consumer. Are they buying, selling? What are they doing? The PPI number comes out tomorrow. They expect a half a percent, 0.5% growth. Remember, the month before, is was 0.6%. On Wednesday, housing starts in permits, building permits. I always like the building permits number. I think that's, you know, I know that that's the future direction of housing. The more permits, the more they think, builders think they're going to have to build. So you want the building to expand the economy. Now, housing has been a very important leg of our economy for a very long time. And I think it's getting a little little winded, a little tired. So we'll see. Let's go back to the Talk Voice Bank for a call from West Virginia.
5: Hi, this is Sean in West Virginia. I am looking to fund my HSA. And one of the choices I have that I've been looking at is the Vanguard Equity Income Fund Admiral Shares. It's V-E-I-R-X. It's fairly spread out. It's over financial services, consumer defensive, healthcare, industrials are its largest part of its portfolio. It seems to have been doing uh, quite well. Took a hit during the pandemic, but it seems to be making steady progress again. Uh, this would be for funding an HSA long term, looking 15, 20 years. And I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that particular fund. Thank you guys so much. Love to hear you uh, guys on the podcast. A lot of great information, great resource for myself, and I'm sure tons of other people. I'll look for my uh, my question on the air. Thank you so much.
2: It's interesting because today I went over to one of my brother-in-law's houses to talk about his investments. And one of his retirement accounts has this fund in it. 100% 100% of his retirement account is in this account, V E I R X, which is Vanguard Equity Income, okay? Admiral shares, very good fund over the very long term. So it is, it is a, it is an excellent fund, and I recommend it to him, that he just hold on to it, unless he plans on retiring in the next two or three years, which he does not. And that he's Gary Gary Pettis and he's the third base coach for uh, Houston, and. You probably haven't seen him out there coaching because he got a really bad case of cancer. So he's been fighting that for six or eight months. And just uh, last week, he got uh, okay go back to work. So very happy about that. Very, very happy about that. So you'll see him back on the Houston. He may not be, said, he may not be on the uh, third base coach this year because he still has a lot of healing to do. They really cut out a lot of his hip area. So... So, but we are we looking at his, this, his account and looking at this fund, which is the majority of it, and I told him to keep it. I like it. And as a Vanguard, Vanguard's a very good fund family because they're very low price. And for buying and holding, you know, a lot of the Vanguard funds are a smart way to go. They are. Okay, and the AMRO fund has been one of their best funds, best performing funds. Okay, almost every podcast, I reserve a minute or so to remind listeners about some of the benefits Justin Klein and I can offer client investors through our company, KPP Financial. We're, best, we're based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County, Southern California, between San Diego and L.A. County. There's an Orange County right in between, and we're in Southern Orange County. Uh, here on Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success – So how do we we, we implement that? Okay, how do we do that? Well, one way is unbiased guidance. We we don't buy any kind of material, any kind of research stuff. We don't buy that. We buy data, and we do our own research on the data. Also, we parallel invest. In other words, I buy the exact same thing for my clients as I do for myself. In all the programs, I've invested in every one of those programs. So I invest in all the strategies we imply. We have five different strategies. So I te- I really do encourage you to take advantage of our you know offer to provide free portfolio views and assessments to see if your portfolio matches your risk profile and is something that you should be in or are you more risky or less risky than you should be based on your personal choices personal beliefs personal risk tolerance okay so we figure that out together and there's no obligation you can call and we'll talk and. You know if you just want some guidance we'll do that not, not a problem um, but you need to take us up on our offer if you want us to, to help you next up we have a question from a listener in palo alto a live call that's next in one minute
0: there is good news for loyal invest talk listeners their friends and families Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank, And answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses.
2: I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well.
3: It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it.
0: It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor.
3: Absolutely love your show.
0: It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour.
2: Okay, next up, we're going to talk to Daniel Palo Alto. Daniel. Uh, Yes, Steve, can you hear me all right? Yes, I hear you fine. Thank you.
0: Oh, excellent. Thank you. Um, I'm a regular listener. I just had a quick question about a stock equity growth uh, technology called Datadog. D-D-O-G is a symbol. I know that Kramer has raved about it in the past, and... uh, but I'm concerned it's a growth stock. And when I read what they do, I can't understand a word of what it is <laughs> they actually do. I don't have a position yet. Okay. Love your take, wisdom.
2: Yeah, let's take a quick look at it. Datadog Inc., everybody. They're fairly new, they came out in September or so in 2019. They're growing sales very fast, okay? Um, um, the last quarter is 51%. The for quarter before that, 56 The quarter before that, 61%. The quarter before that, 68 87 80 82 I mean, very fast-growing their sales. I uh, starting to slow a little bit, but it's still 51%, the most recent quarter. Uh, they've made man, money for the last three years. They're going to make $0.30 cents a share next year. Therefore, it's a $97 stock. So what does that? Make it a you? Yeah, I Multiples of hundreds in PE range, so you really can't base buy it based on its PE, thinking it's undervalued. So you got to buy it because of the growth. So what do they do? Okay, well they are they 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 are a monitoring platform system in the cloud, uh, used by enterprises. Okay, so they 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 offer a system, you know, software system. To monitor perform, moderate, mo, monitor performance, or uh, you know, mo, uh, monitor movement of money, or different finding clients, or whatever they do, a lot of different things, and it's not absolutely clear exactly what they do. That's why you don't, you're not not knowing it either, because they haven't. You know, you'd have to dig into it pretty deeply. But those in the know think it's a good good company. I'm not one of those in the know. <laughs> They got up to about $120 and before they fell back, and now they're moving back up. You'd have to buy this on spec. You have to buy this on the sales growth because it's way – it's a $30 billion company only making $200 million in a in a quarter. So that's not – that's that tells you the price-to-sales ratio is really off. The price-to-earnings is really off. So you just have to buy it based on the growth rate. And everybody likes things in the cloud – and that, that because they operate in a cloud, that's very attractive to a certain sector of investors. So I, I wouldn't buy it because I don't know enough about it. I, I I need to be very clear what they're doing and what makes them have something special other over other companies. And I don't know that. I can't tell that from my screens here. Just can't get into it. Uh, sorry, Daniel, couldn't help you very much. Appreciate the call, though. Thank you. Okay, uh, so we're, we're, we're looking at retail sales tomorrow. Uh, I like that. Uh, PPI tomorrow, that's inflation news. And, of course, then the day after is housing starts. And on, and on Thursday, we're going to get the leading economic indicators report. So I think it's going to be a pretty important week in stats. Add to that the Federal Reserve is meeting. And what they say coming out of that meeting is going to be a market driver, down or up. If they start hinting that they're going to tighten here and the sooner they tighten the more the market's going to go down. The further out it is the more the market's going to like it. The market wants to hear the exact same thing they said last time, which means no change. I don't know if they're going to do that. We'll see. We'll see if they'll do that. Just don't know. I want to get to housing costs before the end of the show, so maybe I can get that. I got one more one more talking point. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, everybody. And that's to help to achieve financial freedom. Really, that is our goal. I want to achieve financial freedom. I want all my employees to achieve financial freedom. And we can do it. We can all do it. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART.
0: The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi
5: Justin, this is Tim from Michigan. Uh, just wanted to follow up on a comment you made on a previous podcast about the financials being choppy, in the back half of this year. We've got a position, or in this case I've got a position in. Bank of America and Citibank that are up probably 20% or so at the moment. Is that choppiness you're referring to something that we should consider selling off a portion of our positions, or is that something that will resolve itself and should continue to climb in the long term? And should we just uh, sit tight and hold on to those? Thank you very much.
2: Well, I think, yeah, we're, the banks are probably going to be a little bit choppy at toward the end of the year. But uh, that doesn't mean you sell them. But it does mean you trim them if they've gotten too big. You need to rebalance. In other words, if you've done very, very well in the financials or any other sector, for that matter, and it's starting to get a little too hefty in your portfolio, you cut back. See, too many people, too many investors are, uh, think that because their stocks have gone up, that they're just going to keep them, okay? And there's nothing wrong with keeping them, but when they get out of balance with the rest of your stocks, there's, how do you think you sell? You sell because something is out of balance. And that out of balance often means something has done really, really well, and people think that it's going to continue to do really, really well, and they don't. After a stock has made a huge run in a short period of time, that's the time to cut back. And most people do just the opposite. They want to buy more. Okay? That's not the way you do it. That's not proper portfolio portfolio management. And if you're going to make money in the market, you need to recognize overvaluation and undervaluation. You need to recognize the value of your, your the company that you own. And you need to recognize how it's going to react in different economic environments. And that's what Justin was referring to. We're going to have a little bit different economic environment coming up, aren't we? We're going to have rising interest rates at some point. I don't know if it will be this year, but I'm sure it's going to be next year. And I'm thinking because of inflation. We'll see about that. Anyway, it's a good question. 888 chart 888-992-4278. Okay, housing costs. You know, um, the CPI miscounts the cost of housing every year. I, I I think it's because the way they compile the number. They don't do it uh, every month. It's like they don't compile the housing numbers every month. Uh, some One of the statistics, it's every other month. One of the other statistics is once every six months. So they say, they the CPI say, the housing prices have gone up 2.2% year over year. But when you look at the Case Shiller 2020, uh, 20, um, Large cities in America, their report—it's up thirteen percent year over year. Which one's more accurate? I would say the Case-Shiller number is more accurate. Not, not the CPI people. They are not. If that was thirteen percent, what do you think that would do to the overall inflation number? It, we thought it went up pretty high last month. This would have skyrocketed that number. In other words, they're undercounting inflation because they're undercount severely the inflation in the housing market. And they're talking about not just the price of houses, but also the price of rentals, of renting. Well, you know, they, they've got it wrong. I'm telling you, they've gotten it wrong. They can't keep up with the speed of the movement in the recent last six months in the housing prices. You and I, in any market that's kind of warm, kind of hot, know how difficult it is. When you, if you're a seller, you're, you're happy as can be. You're getting 20 offers as soon as you put the house on the market. Here in California, that's what's happening. I know it's happening in the Silicon Valley. I know it's happening in the Northeast. So different housing markets are different, but, man, it's been pretty hot. Pretty hot. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program, everybody. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about us, about the free podcast downloads. Get your Invest Talk downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and investtalk.com. Okay, so you can do that. Uh, Justin won't be here all week. I'll be here all week. Uh, I will be taking a couple days off next week, but he's taking some days off. He's taking this week off. So um, you can also, on the podcast, by the way, you can browse my topic if you wish. Uh, 401k, cryptocurrency, treasure, yields, real estate, gross stocks versus value stocks, whatever. So that's kind of a new feature. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Good night, everybody.
4: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.